This is the message given by Pastor James Lim during the evening worship service at Faith Presbyterian Church, Long Beach, California, for September 10th, 2023. The title of the message is The Confidence of Wisdom. Well, if you would uh, open your Bibles with me, we continue through the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. Uh, I'll be reading verses 19 to 26. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask him for his uh, Holy Spirit. Lord, we come before you uh, with our Bibles wide open as a, uh, a symbol of, of the opening of our hearts to your word. Oh, Lord, may the meditations of my mouth uh, and... and um, uh, Lord, and, and of, of my mind, may they be pleasing in your sight as we hear your word read and as your word goes forth preached. May it not return unto you void without accomplishing all that you ordain. May it make us wiser people uh, in your sight. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hear now the reading of God's holy word, beginning in verse 19. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open, and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to... Excuse me. Uh, we'll end the reading there. Uh, I, um, I realized... Uh, a little bit too late, the verse 27 fits better in the next section, so we'll save verse 27 for, for next week. There's a wisdom in the way God made the world. You reap what you sow. What you do in life has consequences that reverberate upon you and others around you. So when you go against the grain of God's wisdom in the world, you shouldn't be surprised when you hit a wall. You shouldn't be surprised when you sow folly, you reap folly. You shouldn't be surprised when you sow the wind and reap the whirlwind, Hosea says. So when we live by God's wisdom, we don't have to wonder, is it the right thing to do or will it be bad for us? Uh, as we continue on this evening in the book of Proverbs, we continue uh, to look at wisdom. And here I want us to look at how wisdom gives us confidence to live in an uncertain world uh, as we trust in the wisdom of God. Uh, let me say that one more time. As we continue in the book of Pro Proverbs, wisdom gives us confidence to live in an uncertain world as we trust in the wisdom of God. And so the question is, how do we do that? How do we live confidently in the world by God's wisdom? First, we can be confident in wisdom because it's grounded in the wisdom of God in creation. 
Look at verse 19 there. The, the writer of Proverbs begins by declaring how God made the universe. He made the world and, he, and his providence in the world by wisdom. Right? Everything else go, he's going to tell us from verses 21 on is grounded in this fact that God made the world by wisdom. And so it's, it ought to be something that uh, impacts the way we live because wisdom is found everywhere in the world uh, in God's creation. And so what does wisdom look like? Uh, what, what does God's wisdom look like in the world? Well, first here, we see the foundation of wisdom in creation. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth, right? This is, uh, this is the language of creation, the language of, of ex nihilo creation, the, the language that, of like building a house and the whole universe uh, is being built on top of the foundation of God's wisdom, that the foundations of the earth upon which God made everything is the foundation of God's own Wisdom, And so what does, that, uh, uh, what does that mean? It means that he created the world by the word of his wisdom. He spoke it into existence. He made it all good. And because he is all wise, everything he does is, is perfectly wise, right? Uh, the language that we have here is the language of a craftsman, of a craftsman, of an architect, of a builder, of an artist, uh, ver- going on in verse, uh, later on in verse, uh, continuing on in verse 19. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down dew. Uh, the writer of Proverbs want to, wants us to see the wonder of creation and the intricate and elegant way in which God made everything. And in particular, the water cycle. I think we take it for granted. I think this is one of the reasons why uh, I'm so glad that I paid attention in, element, in middle school uh, science. You learn the, the water cycle of, of water beginning uh, in solid form and letting it evaporate. And then you see it being held in clouds. And when the right circumstances come about, uh, there's a, a dew point in which then the, the vapor water uh, coalesces to become droplets of water. And then you have rain. And then the rain comes down. And it feeds, uh, it waters the ground so that plants can take up the water and, and take up the nutrients and, and breathe and, and to nourish itself and then grow. And then the water contained within the plants then are transferred to the animals who eat of it, like the grass, right? Grass, when, you, when, you, when uh, cows chew on grass, that's a portion of the water that they uh, take in. And then, and then all the water that they take in through, through the through the water being fed, whether they go to a small uh, tributary or stream or they're fed water or, or they uh, uh, keep the water uh, from the plants that they eat and then we eat them and then we have that same water and then the water just continues in this wonderful, beautiful, natural cycle uh, in which all of life uh, uh, revolves. What, a, what an elegant and wise way in which God created the world. Just think of all the absolute wonders of the earth, from the deepest oceans 
to the highest mountains and everything in between. Astrophysicists, in calculating all the variables and physical constant, constants, the speed of light, the distance of the earth from the sun, the specific heat, and physical properties of oxygen, water, and carbon, that is all arranged and set up in such a, a perfect and elegant and exact way that the earth is perfectly suited for life as we know it. Some physicists and, uh, uh, and um, scientists uh, call the confluence of all of these factors in, in the universe uh, that everything worked out so perfectly and elegantly uh, that if any of these constants, you know, we think about the distance between the earth and the sun, right? Too close and we burn up. Too far and we're too cold, right? They actually call it the Goldilocks uh, effect. Uh, the, the specific properties of light and of water, uh, that the specific heat of water, right? The amount of energy needed to raise, uh, to raise water up to uh, one degree or to take it away so that it goes down one degree is so perfectly suited uh, that water, you know, um, we can have water as we can drink it because of this particular constant. And if it's off by one millionth or a billionth of a percentage point, then it all falls apart. Everything falls apart. And, uh, and they call this the anthropic principle, that everything was made. It seems to, that everything in the universe is set up in such a way that it makes life suitable for us, for humanity. Uh, and for all living beings. Um, and, uh, and some astrophysicists have done some calculations where they, they, uh, they say that the odds that there is another planet that can support life similar to ours is just so, so vast that it's most likely uh, impossible and, and one of the ways in which people try to get around it, you know, kind of because, because uh, People think that that's just too, everything is too much of a coincidence for life to be supported, that the only way that, that they can get around the, the impossibility of these odds of life being suitable is that they have to build multi-universes, that there are other parallel universes in which there's one planet in, in the billions and billions of galaxies that can support life just like Earth. So there's Earth 1, Earth 2, Earth 3, and you, you get a little bit of this in pop culture, uh, with, uh, you know, uh, uh, in, in, the, in the comic books. And it's their way of getting around, one, uh, the, uh, the, the possibility of a creator in the Big Bang or uh, the possibility of a creator with this anthropic principle and the Goldilocks idea uh, for the Earth. And they, they kind of just multiply the... the the odds by just building whole new universes. And that, I feel like that's just so far-fetched. It takes more faith to believe in that than to just believe in, in a God who created uh, the universe and made our world the way exactly the way it is. But the fact that all of those things come together for us to live on this earth the way that we do speaks to the perfect wisdom of God in everything he's done. That God 
God's wisdom is manifested uh, from the smallest molecule to the largest planet and, and, and our life in this world. And so the point that the writer of Proverbs then is going to establish is why wouldn't we want to live by this same wisdom, the wisdom that created this beautiful world? Why wouldn't we want to live by this wisdom in our everyday lives? For a long time, the um, scientists and geologists used to scoff at the biblical creation accounts that describe God opening the doors of the waters of the deep. Like they, they, that if you see some older kind of caricatures of the description of, of the, deep, the waters of the deep, you know, in Genesis 1, right? The tohu, vavohu, uh, that, that uh, the spirit of the, uh, hovered over the waters of the deep. That, uh, that when God created the world, he opened up the floodgates from under so that there's the deep there. And then he closed them and then they receded. And then when you read Noah's flood accounts, you know, part of the way in which God brings out the flood is not just rain coming down, but he opens up the, f- the floodgates from underneath and the water comes up and covers the earth too. And so scientists would read these accounts and be like, look, see, it's, it's so mythological. It's, it's like a fable. It's a fairy tale, right? There's no way that, that you can have water come up from the earth. Oh, well, uh, not too long ago, they found, uh, they found uh, geologists discovered uh, deep in the blue, what they call it the blue rock layer of the earth's crust, they discovered something called ringwoodite, which is like a sponge rock. And within this sponge rock in the Earth's blue rock layer in the crust, about maybe 400 miles deep, is three times the water of all the oceans on the surface put together. And uh, so people are finding out they're kind of they're kind of thinking, man, there's so so there's an ocean deep underground. And and it and it explains so many scientific puzzles that that uh, scientists have always wondered, like why, how could the earth be covered so much with snow and ice during the ice age? And then when they receded, why wasn't there more water than there is now? And the reason is because they think that when the earth warmed up a little bit, that the ringwoodite absorbed more of the water from the surface. Uh, so they, they can account for, for how the, 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 the mass and the, the surface area in which the, the uh, earth had been covered during the Ice Age. So, um, so well, let me just make a long story short. The biblical accounts are absolutely right. And the scientists think that uh, are realizing that the Bible does describe uh, the world the way it is. And so the point that I want to make here is um, God's wisdom in creation uh, ought to be more than enough to, con- to persuade us that we ought to follow his wisdom in everyday life. Um, and to go against that wisdom is to court is to court ourselves with disaster. 
If wisdom says gravity keeps you from floating away into space, then it would be folly to go against gravity and jump off a cliff thinking that the laws of gravity don't apply to you. If we can trust God, uh, God's wisdom with our lives in Scripture, uh, then why, in creation, I'm sorry, then why shouldn't we trust that same wisdom for our lives in His providence? Secondly, we also see the wisdom of God that gives us confidence for every circumstance of our lives. Uh, Look at verse 21. So he grounds the wisdom of God in creation, and based on that wisdom, we ought to follow his wisdom in our everyday lives. My son, do not lose sight of these, right? What, what? The wisdom of God being applied to our lives. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. See, wisdom is life. Wisdom adorns us in such a way that uh, we live well. So we need to adorn our lives with God's wisdom. We need to wear it, walk in it, live by it, put it on. Let it be a part of who we are as we walk forth, as we sit down, as we lay down, as we get up, uh, as we go about our everyday lives. And this language of, of walking and sitting and laying down uh, I think uh, Rob Jenin last week spoke to it. It's a merism. It's talking about the, diff, the, the two ends of, 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 uh, of an aspect of life. And so when these two ends are described, uh, what's really being described is everything in between. Right? I think the best, uh, illustrate, or the best example of a merism is in Psalm 121. Right? He will not. He, uh, he who keeps you will neither slumber nor sleep, and he will watch your coming out and your coming in, right? And everything in between, right? I am the Alpha and the Omega, right? Or uh, I will separate you as high as the heavens are from the earth, as far as the east is from the west, right? That the, the expanse is so big. Um, and that's what the writer of Proverbs is saying here. Uh, and so what does that mean? Uh, why, why does wisdom give us confidence for our everyday life? Well, when we walk through life confidently, um, by wisdom, then we don't have to worry about whether we're going to stumble. And this, this idea of stumbling is the same idea of, of stumbling when we fall into sin or when we fall into evil or when we stray from the straight and narrow and we go to the broad uh, uh, way that leads to disaster. Look at what he says there in verse 23. We, then when you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble, right? If we live by God's wisdom, uh, Again, it, it, it's, it's reminiscent of Psalm 121, verse 3 and 4. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. That when we live by God's wisdom, God is there with us. Uh, and when we follow him, which is the best way, right? God's wisdom is the best way, better than our way, better than any way, then you know, we, then we ought 
not to be afraid that uh, we will stumble. This means having a lifestyle that lives by God's word, uh, through God's wisdom, uh, by faith in his way as the best way. And so if we go on the well-worn paths of life that God's wisdom points us to, that God's wisdom is the best, then when we try to find shortcuts in life and we go off that path, we shouldn't be surprised if we slip and fall. If we shouldn't be surprised that when we try to make our own way, it's a dangerous way, a more, more perilous way, where we can slip and fall down the mountain, so to speak. You know, it reminds me a little bit of when we went to uh, Yellowstone, right? Yellowstone National Park is one of the most geo, uh, geologically active uh, regions in, in all the world. It's like just one big super volcano. And so there's, you, you go to all of these uh, hot water springs or like these, these, um, these acid where, where, where uh, geothermic um, sulfur-infused acidic water seeps up from the ground and, and it's spewing water. And that's, where, like, that's why uh, old, old Faithful uh, every so often shoots straight up in the air because it superheats the water, builds up pressure, and it shoots out and it relieves pressure uh, every so often. And if you go there, they have these elevated walkways, boardwalks, that take you all around these, these uh, geothermic uh, active pools of acidic water, hot, boiling acidic water. If you fall into them, uh, you will not only burn your skin, but you'll be boiled alive. And, and, and there's signs where, you know, if you try to walk off the path, they can't guarantee your safety because sometimes just underneath the grass, just underneath the ground is a pool and you can slip and fall right into it. There's the, and so there's this picture of a guy stepping off and falling into an acid bath and just melting away. I mean, it's pretty graphic. Uh, and, and, and that's what the writer of Proverbs is saying here. That as we walk in God's wisdom, it's a secure path, a well-worn path, a safe path, a secure path. And we won't stumble and fall uh, into disaster or peril. We not only walk securely, but we can sleep securely and not be afraid through God's wisdom. Look at verse 24. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. In the Old Testament, one of the telltale signs of someone's having the peace of God, trusting in God to such an extent that no matter what may happen, they can rest in, the, in, in God's will. Uh, the telltale sign of that kind of peace uh, 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 among the people of God is the ability to sleep at night. It's the ability to have a good night's sleep, right? Isn't that true? Have you ever worried about something so much? You've just, you're just, every, just going through your head and you just can't sleep. Check mark. I haven't, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. Oh, did I send that email? Did I, did I sign that paper? Did I pay that bill? I need to go shopping tomorrow. I need to do this. I need to do that. Or, or just worrying about someone that you love. You know, they're not home yet. It's 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. What if they're getting a car accident? What if they're, you know, they're in the hospital somewhere? Um, 
a telltale tale sign of anxiety that arises from, from areas in our lives that where we are not resting and trusting in the Lord, that anxiety will keep us up at night. And so when we live by wisdom, when we're trusting in the Lord that we have done all that God has called us to do, nothing more, nothing less, and we trust and rest that his way is the best way. And even when we haven't done everything that we had hoped to do, uh, no matter what scenario of disaster may come across your mind, that ordinarily would keep you up all night when you trust in the Lord and you're like, Lord, whatever happens, I, my, my life is in your hands. The life of those I love who haven't come home yet uh, is in your hands. And then we just fall asleep. That's what it means to live by wisdom so that you can just rest your head on the pillow and get a good night's sleep, wake up rested and refreshed. Now, it's easier said than done, brothers and sisters. But, uh, but it's something to strive for. And it just it reminds me of uh, one of my uh, heroes in the faith, uh, Robert Raymond. He entered into our presbytery in, when I was in, uh, in Orlando, Florida, uh, not too long before I moved, came here. And there was this huge, this is the story I, I hear, there was this huge Hurricane, one of the big Category 4, Category 5 hurricanes uh, uh, in Fort Lauderdale. And everything was flying in the air. It's kind of like, you know, kind of like uh, that, that movie um, Twister where cows are flying and, you know, and they're kind of, that's what's, what was going on uh, during that hurricane. And uh, Dr. Raymond tells a story of how uh, he just went to bed on his couch and his wife uh, and he, he was sound asleep, and his wife the next day was so mad. She's like, how can you sleep at such a time? And Dr. Raymond, you know, in his professorial way, is like, uh, uh, one whose conscience is clear before the Lord can sleep through the greatest of disasters, you know. And, and, and I think that's what the writer of Proverbs is saying, that wisdom gives us that that gift of rest and peace to sleep. And, 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 and when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. I love that. <laughs> I think right now, I think in our culture and, and maybe even in, in people, folks in the church, uh, we don't appreciate uh, the peace that we ought to have on a regular basis so that our sleep would be sweet. Uh, and it, and uh, and I'll be the first person to uh, admit that many pastors, many pastors, we are sleep deprived because we either work ourselves too much or we worry too much about what we do or we should do or we haven't done, and we're sleep deprived just like just like everyone else. And so when I read that, I'm like, oh, you know, I need sweet sleep, and I hope you will too. And one of the ways to do that is to trust the Lord in his wisdom. And then thirdly here, we can be secure uh, when the wicked fall into the disaster and we will not fall away with them. Look at verse 25. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes. If we live by God's wisdom, then when we will live upright and righteous lives. So when we see criminals 
or those who would do evil or wrong, when they get caught and bad things happen to them because of their sin and folly, we don't have to be afraid that we are going to be next. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but, um, you know, when, you, when you're driving on the freeway, and, you know, you've probably gone 60 miles, you know, miles per hour, maybe 65, maybe 67, you know, and then you come back down to 60, maybe even 55, and then you see a police officer and you like, you know, you could be going 55 miles an hour, but you have to put your foot on the brake to go 54, 53, just in case, because you're afraid. And then the police officer turns on his lights behind you, but, and you're like, oh no, I'm caught. And, but then you look down, you're like, I'm going 54. And then, you, you, and then you see that he swoops around you to catch somebody else, and you're like, yes, thank you, Lord. I think... What the, what the writer of Proverbs is saying is, is that, that, uh, that wisdom keeps us upright. That when we live by wisdom, by when we trust the Lord to do the right thing by his wisdom, we don't have to be afraid of the law. We don't have to be afraid that we've broken the law. Uh, and, and that brings us then to the coming judgment, right? This is, this is, a, this is a scenario that, that uh, points us to a day of reckoning when the wicked will experience the judgment of God. And because we've trusted in the Lord, because we have taken his wisdom as our wisdom, right? And then what we're going to see in the gospel is that his righteousness becomes our righteousness. That in God's sight, we are no longer wicked, but righteous in his sight by the imputation of Christ's righteousness given to us by faith alone and not by works. That on judgment day, when Jesus, when Jesus comes to judge the living and the dead, and when he will throw the wicked into the depths of hell, we can be confident that we will not go with the wicked. Look at verse 26. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. This is the gospel, brothers and sisters. The ultimate fulfillment that we find is the confidence of wisdom in the confidence that we have in the Lord fulfilled in the coming of Christ. Who, is, who has become for us the wisdom of God, the righteousness of God, the, the sanctification of God, uh, sanctification, our sanctification, so that when we put our trust in Christ, he becomes for us wisdom, and in him we have confidence to stand on that judgment day, uh, to stand on judgment day, and we will not be numbered among the wicked but we are righteous in God's sight, that he will receive us uh, into his presence. Come, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. Now be faithful over much. Enter into the joy of your master, not because of anything that we've done, but because of what Jesus has done so that our confidence is in him. And we, no, one, no one's going to throw us into hell. 
but we have the gates of heaven opened for us in Christ Jesus. Why? Because of the wisdom of God, not only manifested in creation, but finding its climax in the new creation, finding its climax in the coming of Jesus Christ, the wisdom of God incarnate, to climax even more at the cross where God's love and mercy and God's infinite wisdom kiss, where God's justice is once for all satisfied and his grace is outpoured for us, where he is both gracious and just, and, and he has not compromised any of them. How amazing is that wisdom in the gospel? That's why sleep is so sweet, our walk is secure, and we will not be numbered among the wicked because the Lord is our confidence. Let him who boasts, boast in him. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for the wisdom that you give to us, uh, the confidence that we have in Christ. Help us, Lord, to live by that wisdom. Lord, may all of these truths uh, be, be characterized and, and lived out in our lives. Help us, O oh Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.